I apologise if I look a little bit peaky. Um, it's not because Manchester United just scraped the win yesterday. Cheats. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm feeling a little bit awkward. So. There's nothing like coming and praising God, even when you don't feel like it. Because you take the focus off of yourself and you put it all on God. And things change. So I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to go. And... Uh, it's Palm Sunday. Yeah, yeah it is. And, uh, I don't really celebrate religious things like that and traditions. Um, but having looked through in the last few days about Palm Sunday, we're going to jump into it and we're going to we're going to see. It's really difficult to go through the whole kind of series of events, not just Palm Sunday, but the whole week. So I want to encourage you. This is the day that Christians around the world have said is Palm Sunday. Therefore, the events that happen on that day and the week leading up to to the crucifixion and the resurrection are worthy of spending time looking at this week. Whether you are a religious person or not. Because they're accurate, they happen. These things happen. And it changed the world that we live in. So I encourage you just to go through it and read it and allow God to speak to you. Luke 19 verse 10 says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Well, I was lost and Jesus came and found me and changed my life. At the age of 16, absolutely revolutionised and changed the path and the trajectory that my life was on. He came to seek and save me. He came to seek and save you. We're going to get into the Palm Sunday kind of story in a moment. But I'm going to read from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. It says, Rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now Zechariah's book in the Old Testament is a prophet, and that was written some 450 to 500 years before Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. And that prophecy there fulfilled in every particular way when Jesus came into Jerusalem. And it was a great time of rejoicing. The people were out on the streets welcoming their king. They were giving it everything in praise and worship to Jesus. Unfortunately, that celebration didn't last very long. So Palm Sunday is the day that we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. 
So if we go to, uh, in your Bibles, Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 44, this, pretty much the story is in all of the Gospels, um, and we're going to look at sort of different aspects of, of all of them this morning. But it says this, Luke 19, 28 to 44, I'm reading from the ESV. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount, that is called Olivet, the Mount of Olives, basically, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. I'm going to stop there. Question for you. What in your life has the Lord got need of? That was the first point of challenge for me. Jesus needed the donkey. What do you have this morning that the Lord needs? It might be your home and your gift of hospitality. It might be your beautiful angelic voice that God wants to use to bless and encourage people in worship. It might be a pastoral right. It might be something practical that you can bring and use for the Lord. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, it's only said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks along the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down uh, the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Just imagine oh, this, just a crowd, man, a mass crowd, praising and worshiping God for everything that they'd seen. These guys have seen incredible things they've seen it no wonder they are saying blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest and then some of the Pharisees were in the crowd and they said to him teacher rebuke your disciples he answered I tell you if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. <laughs> See, in some ways, the people were looking for, for a Messiah to save them politically. There was mass upheaval and, and carnage, basically. And, you want, and the people were looking for, for, for freedom politically and nationally. But Jesus had come to save them spiritually. 
the most important thing above all things is our spiritual health and our spiritual well-being. It's not political, it's not cultural, it's not national salvation, it's our salvation. Our spiritual state. Everything else is important, but eternal destiny is forever. You know, countries come and go, or will come and go. So in the midst of this great joy and celebration, I want to look at three significant things that perhaps we can learn from. So Luke 19, uh, verse 39 there were, there, were, um, there were people that were unwilling to praise Jesus. It was a day of great celebration and joy. You can imagine, can't you? Here comes the, the Saviour uh, and these guys were having a great party. And they were giving a rousing welcome to Jesus as he came in. They were singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. In Luke. And then Matthew says, The whole city was stirred. The whole city was stirred. The people people joyfully praised God in loud voices for the miracles they had seen. A little bit further on, the children praised him in the temple, shouting Hosanna to the son of David. These are all scattered through the Gospels, okay? I've got the biblical references if you want them. If not, you can go and look and do a bit of Bible study yourself. (coughs) Even the stones were waiting to praise him. But of course... There was that group of religious people, the religious leaders, who were unwilling to praise the Lord. Not only were they unwilling to praise Jesus, they tried to get Jesus to stop the people praising, but they also tried to stop the children as well. talk about being spiritually dead that you would try and stop these innocent kids who aren't carrying baggage from praising the living God and Claire took part of my sermon this morning already that's fine you know what it does that cements something that God wants to do we're not here by any chance, God has brought us here today for a reason. Yeah. And that's to draw us to Himself that our lives will be transformed and changed. These people, they were praising God. Their lives have been impacted and changed by being in the very presence of the living God. They're human, they don't always get it right. We see, you know, a week later, they. Uh, who is Jesus? There ain't nothing to do with us, you know? We see that. But maybe today, 
And I'm going to reiterate what Claire said. For some reason, maybe there's a challenge in your life, a struggle that you're going through. Maybe you are unable, or maybe you're just stubborn, that you won't praise God today. Maybe you've come in, you look around, see other people praising God, and mm, no thank you. I can't really join in with that. I want to encourage you this morning. Jesus is alive. The Holy Spirit is here. The manifest presence of God has been here in worship. I was singing, man, and there was just a moment where the anointing, I just felt it. I felt, God, the presence of God around me. Open your heart to the Lord this morning. Palm Sunday is a day of praise. It's the day of the Messiah. You know the Bible talks in Isaiah about uh, God giving us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Well, I didn't come here this morning, I didn't get out of bed and come here this morning without putting on my garments. It would be quite horrific for you if I did put on my garments. <laughs> it's quite horrific for me, but there we go, that's a different story. Anyway, you need to put on that garment of praise. You have to make a decision to praise God. Because your flesh, the natural part of you, doesn't want it. And it can be easy to sit there and say, well, I don't feel like it. I'm, you know, I feel like this. I'm, stuff's not going right. Can I be brutally honest with you? Is that all right? I didn't feel like it when I woke up this morning. I didn't feel like it after I'd been to the toilet five or six times. I didn't feel like it when I vomited four or five times this morning. Even here. There's something in me. God, I want to be amongst your people. I want to praise you. Amen. Yes. I gave some there in, in the worship. I put on that garment. God, I'm just going to praise you no matter what. And my perspective changed. I felt, stood here and I felt the manifest presence of God. And I felt different. So we're going to sing just a chorus this morning. Put on that garment of praise. We're going to sing Hosanna. It seemed right to do. Being part of Sunday and it being in the Bible, right? Okay? You can stand, you can sit, but we're just going to sing a couple of choruses and see what happens. Is that alright? Yeah.
difficult, if we cut them from the string, I want to encourage you this morning to praise God without the use of the string. I want to encourage you, why don't you lift your hands? And like we said, when we lift up holy hands to the Lord, it's an act of worship, an act of submission, an act of Jesus, you are so bigger than me and my circumstance, and you are worthy to be praised this morning. So we're going to sing Hosanna again, you don't need the word. those who, who sold, saying to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it the den of robbers. And Jesus was teaching daily in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do. For all the people we're hanging on his words. So firstly, we looked at there's some people that are unwilling to praise Jesus. Secondly, the temple had to be cleansed. Now the temple was the place that the Jewish people worshipped God. And it should have been one of the most precious places for God's people. However, Jesus walked in, looked around, I reckon he was pretty upset. Righteously so. But Jesus didn't sin. But I think he would be pretty upset. Sickened at what he saw. Heartbroken. That place had been turned into nothing more than a marketplace. Close your eyes for a moment. Just imagine. 
imagine what Jesus was going through his heart at that time. You know, his ministry had been ramped up. I think everything that happened in that week, man, that was like fast track. He goes to the temple and there's people there. Just It's a marketplace. You know? It's supposed to be the house of God. Imagine how Jesus felt. He knew that he had to resort to some drastic measures to clean it up. And actually, if you read, if you look in the book of Mark, he went to the temple, saw what was going on, and he left. And he went away that night and prayed. Only, in the, only the following day did he go back to the temple and basically <coughs> let loose the kingdom. So, how many of you sometimes get a little bit upset and you're quick to speak and quick to, to act on it? I see Nikki looking at me there. Yeah, I'm guilty. Me. Yeah. Things that upset me, sicken me. More often than not, my reaction is instant. We see it, Jesus, he went away and he prayed and went there the following day. Perhaps a little bit calmer than, than he initially still created mayhem there, which is great. I love it. Turning the table over and all sorts. It's fantastic. But maybe the challenge for you, just slow down, take time. Sung that this morning. So there's two things to this part of the story that we can think about. The first one is that we need to give proper reverence to the presence of God in the in the house. When I say house, I mean church. This building gets used for school. There's other things that happen here. And uh, God is bigger than all of that. But when we're here, there's freedom in worship. But that doesn't mean that we can do things and act irreverently. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to... Put, you know, bind you up or anything like that because the Bible talks about there being freedom and liberty in the presence of God but we must do it with reverence he is a holy God he hasn't changed the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever his character doesn't change so we must treat this place like the dwelling place of God when we meet again. We still have freedom and liberty and have a lot of laughs because that's good. Because the Bible talks a lot about joy. But we must remember he's a holy God. 
Second one is that the Bible talks about our bodies being a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 if you want to look it up. So today, why don't you just sit there for a moment and ask God in prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Whether the temple of the Holy Spirit needs cleansing in any areas this morning. do that in prayer. And God reveals areas in our our lives that need to be cleansed and we need to be set free from. I would like to think that we don't think twice about uh, our hygiene and, uh, you know, we wash with soap and we put creams on our body. Ladies, I'm sure you put more cream on your body than men do. Uh, You know, but we look after our bodies, don't we? We wash it every day, hopefully. Shower. Mm. Uh, how much cleansing and th- you know, thinking about do you do about the inside? It's second nature to keep clean and hygiene. But sometimes we need to just go before God and say, God, what? You know, highlight the areas Lord, that you want to work in my life it's nothing that you can do the blood of Jesus cleanses our sins and Jesus did that didn't you'll see it you'll see that next week that blood but God wants to transform your life literally transform your life put you on a different path and part of that is just allowing God to work on the stuff on the inside. How's your attitude? How's the character? It's not for me to judge. I'm just putting it out there. It's between you and God. And then, thirdly, the, the people didn't recognise God's time. As we said earlier in Zechariah, that biblical prophecy was fulfilled right before their eyes. A lot of these guys would have known the scripture. And that scripture was fulfilled. You know, when God speaks, things happen. It doesn't matter if it takes 450, 500 years for it to come to pass. God may have spoken stuff over your life many years ago. You might even be seeing the fruit of it now. God's done that for a reason. He's working on your life, getting you ready. There are so many things about Jesus entering to Jerusalem that clearly pointed to him being the Messiah. So he rode on the donkey. And uh, that, was, that was symbolic of, of royalty. Yeah, you can look at 1 Kings uh, chapter 1, verse 33 for that reference. They spread their cloaks on the ground, which means that they were paying homage to, the, to, to royalty. Okay, 2 Kings verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 13. 
the big one, they wave the palm branches and then they spread it on the road. And that refers to the book of Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. The great multitude was seen holding palm branches before the Lamb of God. But Luke 19 goes on to say, sadly, and I'm reading from the message because it's a little bit easier to understand. Sadly, sadly, all the signs around me, with all the signs around me, the people did not seem to get it. It says, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And he referred to their prophetic destruction. So he says, when the city came into view, he wept over it. If you only had recognized this day and everything that was good for you, but now it's too late. In the days ahead, your enemies were, uh, are going to bring up their heavy artillery and surround you, pressing in from every side. <coughs> They'll smash you and your babies on the pavement. Not one stone will be left intact. All this because you didn't recognize and welcome God's personal visit. Uh, I, I stand under correction by, I think it was around 80, 50, 80, 70, somewhere like that, where this came to pass. So my question for you, got lots of questions this morning, but it's good. Are you recognizing God's timing in your life, in the world? The Bible says that He will come again. Are you ready? <coughs> I love this verse in Jeremiah 8. It says this Even the stalk in the sky knows her appointed seasons. And the dove and the swift and the thrush observe the time of their migration. But my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. God is far more interested in you who are created in His image. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. More than creation, the birds of the air. Do you know what you need to do? There's a story um, in, in uh, 2004, Sri Lanka had a big tsunami. I don't know if you remember. Uh, There's a massive tsunami, I think around 40,000 people lost their lives. Uh, thousands of homes wiped out, everything was destroyed. Um, and when they started the rebuilding process, um, they discovered that just before the tsunami, the animals in the wildlife reserves uh, and close to the sea had sensed the danger and moved to higher ground. 
some of you know him. I've seen it in some movies as well. Can't think of the movies, but they're, you know, um, where there's a tsunami. The animals are moving to higher ground and to, uh, to escape the effects of the waves. And sometimes we can miss the things of God. Miss God's timing. And as I kind of finished, I was really praying, God, you know, what do you want to say this morning to, to the people individually and corporate as a church? And it's this. What he's saying to you, it's time to look up. It's time to move to higher ground. For our Redeemer lives. And our redemption draws near. That's for in, individually and as a church. I just saw a real sense that God is turning the page and a new chapter is about to be written. Both individually and as a church. Had a real deep sense of that. And that it's time to look up and move to higher ground. It's easy to say that. How do we do that? Well, time to look up. It's the time to fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't fix it on our circumstances or where we are. Every day. How's your relationship with God every day? Are you looking up? Are you, God, where are you? What are you doing? And then it's obedience into his leading. God doesn't take you back. He moves you forward. There might have been some stuff in the past that you need to deal with. You can't change it. You know, move forward. Take it to God in prayer. Chat with pastoral teams, community group leaders. But God wants to move you on, move you up into higher ground. And that's a, that is a deeper relationship with Him. God is doing it, God is moving. working in our lives individually and corporately as a church so today and every day will you give praise to Jesus will you allow your temple to be cleansed know and understand God's timing.
Let's just close our eyes. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we rejoice that you, you came to earth, Lord, to seek and save the lost. Lord, and on this day, on Palm Sunday, Lord, we, we think and we were back to those guys that were rejoicing, Lord, and we rejoice. Lord, we thank you for your obedience. Mm-hmm. 